0: Before we begin, please know that this podcast is intended for mature audiences. I am not a therapist or a doctor. Everything expressed in this podcast are my own thoughts and opinions, and nothing I say should ever be taken as advice, medical, professional, or otherwise. This podcast may discuss topics such as sexual or physical violence, mental illness, and suicidal ideation. Please take care. For specific trigger warnings, please see the show notes. Welcome back. Whoever you are, welcome back. If you listen to episode one and you're here for more of what I'm doing here, um, then I truly love you, and you're one of my favorite people. And oh, did you do something new with your hair? Because it looks amazing. Um, and if you're new here, hello, my name is MC, and I'm a person who suffers from several different chronic health conditions and is also a bit of a hypochondriac. Yes, I am both chronically ill and a hypochondriac. And how does that work? That's something that I'm here to tell you and also I'm here to kind of figure out for myself. This podcast is one person's journey to make sense of what feels like near constant health challenges and the anxieties and paranoia that comes with the package. If you can't tell, my intention is to keep it light here on this podcast. But the reality is, is that it's just not always possible or even appropriate One of the ways I deal with my issues is by laughing at them, or about them, and sometimes when what I'm going through just feels so heavy and all-consuming and severe, so severe, finding a way to laugh at what I'm going through is... It just feels like such a weight off my shoulders. And it almost feels like breathing again. And I know that this is how a lot of people cope with hard things, especially when that hard thing doesn't seem to have an end in sight. But comedy is like a tool. I mean, it's not like a tool. It is a tool. Just like all of the other tools that I keep in my... You know, my metaphorical toolbox to help ease my symptoms when I'm in a flare. It has a time and place. And sometimes you might use comedy, you might use the tool thinking it's the right one, but it's actually not, so you got to try something else. Anyway, I'm gonna get off tool analogies. Um... But I am going to come back to this a different day because I do want to talk more about my toolbox. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the specific challenges that happen when you have a chronic health condition in the times of, wait for it, you guessed it, COVID-19. And I know that we are all so sick of talking about it and thinking about it, but please bear with me. When I was first coming up with the concept and format of this podcast, I knew I wanted to do an episode on COVID eventually. However, I expected it to be way further down the line. Um, COVID is such a hot button topic and it gets many people, myself included, very activated very fast so I kind of liked the idea of getting myself a bit more established before even attempting to take this on but then last week as I was getting ready to record I started feeling really sick and then I kept feeling worse and worse and I just found out that I'd been exposed twice in 10 days which actually turned out to be three times in 10 days But I hadn't had COVID yet, I've gone almost three years without getting it, so I thought maybe, just maybe, I had evaded it once again, and I really didn't want to put off recording because I'd just gotten my new mic and I had so much momentum leading up to this day, and anyone who deals with a chronic health challenge or challenges knows that sometimes the pressure to push ahead when you don't feel great comes directly from the fear of, well, I'm going to feel worse soon, so I want to get as much done before that as possible, but I really had like no voice, (laughs) so recording got pushed and I tested positive for COVID. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Did that whole bit just make you incredibly anxious? It made me anxious. Before I continue, I'm going to go ahead and take a deep breath. You can too if you want. Okay. It's a little better. Now I think that If you didn't have medical anxiety before the pandemic hit, then you probably do now. Or, if not chronic medical anxiety, then times of it. Maybe just at the beginning. Maybe just when you or a loved one was feeling sick. And of course, that's all entirely justified, in my opinion. We woke up one morning and we were suddenly in unprecedented times. And everything was scary. And... We weren't able to see anyone or go anywhere. We were wiping down our groceries when they got delivered. And the information was really confusing. COVID seemed under-researched and under-understood. And there was no leadership. And the only rule was stay inside or die. Or stay inside or somebody else will die. Maybe you were like me. And you're already living with extreme medical anxiety. Maybe, like me, you're already living with a very under-researched and under-treated condition that no one really understood. But, unfortunately, it's still a part of, huge part of your life. I know for me, the pandemic just made that thing, that horrible, looming, scary thing that sense that something awful was going to happen or something worse than what you realize is already happening, it made that thing so much bigger, so much scarier, which I truly didn't think was possible. But I was so wrong. There's no doubt about it. The pandemic has been traumatizing for all of us. And I think it's important to remember that and to sit with that reality. People didn't know how to act. People still don't know how to act. And especially at the beginning there, when we were all stuck at home, we were home, but we weren't resting. Sitting in trauma day in and day out isn't rest, it's survival. And the same is true when you're living with a chronic health challenge day after day. Spending so much energy just trying to feel better or trying to pretend to feel better. When you're doing things like staying home even when you don't have to or using your weekends solely to recover. That's not self-care. I mean, it's caring for yourself, of course, but... It's not glamorous, it's not cute, and it's not resting. It's survival. Luckily, when the world did first shut down, I already almost exclusively worked from home. I lived in LA with my spouse at the time, and we did live in a small studio apartment which wasn't the best but still we were able to work and since moving to DC I eventually quit my LA based work from home job and started working at an art center in DC and now I go into work part-time and work from home part-time so it's like hybrid as as they call it Um, and what's great about my job. I mean, there are several things that I like about it, but probably like the biggest plus to this job are the benefits. We have something called flex leave, which means we have unlimited PTO and sick days. So yeah, you can imagine that for someone like me, that's the really big deal. And complaining about this probably seems ridiculous and maybe it is, but The problem with the concept of unlimited PTO, I think particularly in like a nonprofit world, is that it's not really unlimited, right? Like there's so much pressure, and it is not subtle to return to work as soon as you can. So like with COVID, they say it's five days. And as soon as those five days are up, you're supposed to be right back. But like, unfortunately, This isn't really working on a schedule. COVID does not really work on a schedule, and I feel like that's especially true if you have a chronic health challenge. Right before I got the virus, I actually thought for like a day that I might be coming out of my flare. Like I was afraid to even think it, but it seemed like this two and a half month flare was potentially coming to an end. And when I got COVID, I was so sick and I forgot to take my medicine twice and I just forgot. And I'm mad at myself and I'm ashamed. I hadn't missed a dose since starting this med, but I did. And as soon as I started feeling better from COVID, like when I just had this little cough, My flare came back with a vengeance. Like, it seems like I've made no progress at all. Like, what have I been doing for the last two and a half months to treat it, you know? And... Would this have happened if I hadn't missed my doses? I do not know. I'll never know. But this is what happened and like this is how I'm making sense of it. One way or another, COVID made my flare worse. And yeah, I asked work if I could go ahead and take the full 10 work from home days, like the, whole, the full 10 days work from home, which is the protocol for immunocompromised people. And yeah, there was some pushback actually. Keep in mind, I only actually took one sick day. Like I kept pushing through it because I thought I would eventually be so sick that I would have no choice but to not work, which was true for one day, I guess. I don't know why I didn't just take more days, but I think there's like a lot of pressure not to, despite the theoretical unlimited PTO. So maybe that's why. (laughs) And to be fair, I didn't, like, immediately spell it out for them. I didn't say, Reminder, I'm immunocompromised, so I'll be taking the full ten days work from home. But I have told them this fact about myself before, and I try to keep medical challenges, medical stuff in general, really, really private when it comes to my work. But... When they started giving me pushback, I realized I had to tell them, which I resented and honestly still do. And maybe that's not fair, but it's how I feel. But my friend reminded me that, you know, they don't know what they don't know. So fine, I told them. And now I'm going back after the 10 days, which happens to be tomorrow. I'm back in the office tomorrow and yeah. I still feel awful. So, I do realize that this episode has been less about being a hypochondriac and more about me having a personal pity party, but I don't know. There are different types of medical anxiety, right? There's also, how am I going to feel once this is over? What other problems is this going to cause? What are the implications of this thing that so many people have gotten? What are the implications to my very, very specific conditions? How am I going to explain to work that I need more time? How am I gonna not need more time? And now it's, what am I gonna wear to work tomorrow so that I don't come home literally in tears, needing to sit with an ice pack for the rest of the night, which is thing that happens sometimes. So yeah, that's my COVID episode, I guess. Maybe it was good to get it out of the way early. I don't know. If you left early on because you didn't wanna hear this, Um, I understand. (laughs) No worries. But if you're still here, I hope you're still doing okay. It really means so much that you would stay here and listen. And I hope you find something this week that gives you a great sense of comfort. Um, Next time, I'm going to be talking about interstitial cystitis. Or painful bladder bladder syndrome um, and chronic pain and how that can impact your sex life so I will speak to you then oh I wanted to share my resting scared email address as well Um, if you have nice things to say or any episode or topic suggestions or questions about anything that I talk about on here, um, please email me at restingscared at gmail.com. Or if you just want to say hi, that's nice too. Um, So yes, restingscared at gmail.com. Okay, that is all. Take good care. Bye.